Welcome to the Weekly Wind Down. I'm your host, Monique J. And on this week's episode, we're dealing with educate yourself, grow yourself. You heard the word educate, so that means you need to get your tablets, your notebooks, and get ready for this great topic, our great guest we're going to have today. And make sure that you're prepared to join our discussion by hashtagging the Weekly Wind Down F-A-W-O-C. So grab your glass of wine or your drink of choice and be ready to come back for our first segment with our special guest, Ms. Bridget Battle. Welcome back to the Weekly Wind Down. I'm your host, Monique J. And as I stated, we have a very special guest today, a good girlfriend of mine. Her name is Bridget Battles. Miss Bridget Battles is who I call my guru. I'm blessed, first of all, to say that she's a director of my nonprofit organization, or one of our directors, Code Pink Productions Incorporated. But she's also a compliance and development grant writer. She uh, has her own business, Budgeting with Bridget, which means anything with money, figuring out how to budget your money, she's the one to go to. So I want you to help me welcome my special guest, Miss Bridget Battles. Bridget, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mo. Thank you. Can I call you Mo? Yeah, you can okay. call me whatever you want. Girl, this is weekly wild. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, Bridget, I kind of tried to give a bio on you, but I'm sure I kind of, I didn't tell everything. But I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, well, as you mentioned, I work for Tarrant County College. I'm a grants development uh, compliance specialist, which is a fancy name for someone who actually researches uh, funding opportunities, and I do compliance. Um, okay. Uh, that's federal, state, local, and private funding. Okay. So we pretty much cover everything. I've had my own business since 2009, and I met you shortly after starting my own business. Oh, what's your look at me? I know. I'm looking. And um, so you inspired me to keep moving forward and keep pushing. And I've, I've actually transitioned my business lately from more of a contract into a consulting. Okay. We can talk about that later. Um, but I am single. Okay. Oh, see, so you was ready for me already. I was going to ask you. Okay. You, you know, I always, we kind of, we delve into relationships. It could be male, female. It could be a significant other. It can be friendships. And so I always ask that question. Now, are you single? But you already answered. <laughs> so you are single. Yes. So what I'm going to ask my next question is, so being single, what does your ideal mate look like to you? Mm. Good question. Um, my ideal mate, uh, first of all, I prefer women. Okay. Um, my ideal mate would be, I guess, someone, and it sounds cliche, but they're a partner. Okay. Someone that you're equally invested in looking out for each other. You have each other's back. Um, honestly, it doesn't depend on the sex of the person. I look at love okay. and how you treat me. I just prefer women. Okay. Because that's what I seem to attract okay. uh, more. But um, honesty. Open, honest communication is what I'm looking for in a mate. Okay. Yes. So um, you saying you prefer women, mm -hmm. but sex doesn't really matter. So would you consider yourself, uh, I guess what to say, bisexual or le or just lesbian, which means I guess you only strictly like women, or what would you which one would you consider yourself? Actually, I've never labeled myself as lesbian, bisexual, heterosexual, androgynous, <laughs> fluid, with all, all the terminologies that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably why I've never fit into one category. Okay. People have tried to label me and box me in and make me conform to what they think I should be, but I've never fit in the category. Okay. Um, if you had to label me, if society had to label me, I guess you would call me a lesbian. Okay. I've never been with a man, never wanted to be with a man. I've always preferred women sexually. Physically, I am attracted to men, but sexually, 
No. So I guess if you had to put a label on me, you'd call me a lesbian. Okay. That that's interesting <laughs> that you that you say that. Um what we do on this show, which is what I want to be different from a lot of other shows, is just uh, give people a safe place as well as myself mm -hmm. to just talk, okay. you know, because I do uh, believe that dialogue helps mm -hmm. um, cure and save a bunch of problems yes. and issues that we have as a society. Yes. So I'm glad that you were willing to kind of discuss that or, or bring that up because you're right, the society a box right it's like you have to go and you have to fit nicely into the box and we all are individuals we all are different we all are complex mm -hmm. and nobody is the same so to have to put somebody in a box i think is the most simplistic thing that a society can it's do. It's easier for you exactly. if, you can, if you can categorize or label exactly it. and i'm glad that you mentioned safe space because um growing up you know, 1970s, early mm -hmm. 80s, homosexuality was still considered to be a mental disorder. Mm -hmm. So being an African-American woman and having a father, grandfather, great-grandfather, and great-great-grandfather who were all preachers, there was never that safe space. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's missing nowadays with our youth because there's so much depression, suicide, anxiety, medications, all because they don't have a safe space. To, to um, talk about the things. I, I think you're psychic too on top of <laughs> no. being the money person because I was going to ask like do you think any of your childhood experiences uh, contributed to you being I guess what you said you're a lesbian so homosexual um, because I know I'm sure you've watched mm -hmm. tons of different shows and a lot of people um, will say that I, I knew this since birth. Mm -hmm. I knew since I was two or three years old that I like this same sex that I am and then some people a lot of people just even with uh, myself and family members where they have went through sexual molestation as as kids and it affects it affects you differently like I have a cousin male cousin you know who was we were molested by the same person mm. and I always say that when that happens especially when you're young you have your young mind has to give yourself some explanation for why this right. adult this person that i should be trusting would be doing something like this to me and so you figure out a way to make it okay mm -hmm. and so i think or not me and him talking he kind of made it in his mind be maybe this is what's supposed to be happening so as he got older and as he got a choice in a sense a choice he felt that he preferred men but we always had a discussion that, well, you preferred what you knew because you were never given a choice. And your child mind had to say, obviously, this is what I'm right. supposed to be doing. But then as opposed to myself, in that some women who are molested by men, they end up hating men. And they are just, you know, then they'll, they won't say they were born lesbian, but just the fact of that experience made them not right. want to deal. For me, it didn't do that. For me, it made me tougher. Mm -hmm. It made me so that if I ever encountered a person like that again, I could be ready to fend them off. Right. But it just made me choose my men more wisely. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not as free as probably some women are. Um, when they when they meet, I can go longer times because it has to be an emotional connection as well as a physical connection. So that's what I wanted to ask you. So speaking of childhood, was it was any childhood or just you, you feel you were born? Honestly, I can say that I've been blessed. Um, I've never had any traumatic experiences in my childhood. 
I have two older brothers. Okay. My, my father's a retired drill sergeant in the military. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> now he did raise me as my brothers, as, okay. as in, you know, I, I want you to know how to cut the grass, mm -hmm. change the tire, change your oil. Because when you do decide to marry someone, marry them because you want them, not because you need them. Yep. So he did raise me very independently. Um, I mean, there are always, you know, sociological factors that go into deciding, you know, what you want to be as far as your sexuality. I never really had any outside influences, okay. negative. Okay. Um, this might not be the place to say this, it, but hey, this is open. I can remember being five years old and watching my 17, 18 year old babysitter undress and, and feeling excited about that. Wow. It, it, I didn't feel shameful. I didn't feel like I shouldn't be watching. It was it just seemed natural. It was a girl, baby. It was a grown woman. Okay. And it just, and you know, all my friends, middle school, were dating guys and, you know, wanting to go out with boys, and I wanted to go out with girls. It just never it seemed like anything else was the right thing for me. Did you have to hold that in oh, that you yes. wanted it? So you just oh. basically looked like the girl who just didn't probably like nobody at that right. time. I was the girl that played hard to get. Okay. Because I had all the popular guys wanting to date me, but I wasn't interested in right, that. So oh, she's hard to get. I'm like, right. no, I just don't want to. I don't want you. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I'm hard to get. Yeah, you know. Exactly. So it was a it was a rough time, um, especially when you had best friends that you thought you could come out to mm -hmm. in middle school and high school, and then they ended up, you know, not being your friend because they didn't want to be labeled, you know, with the, the strange girl. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's 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 a challenge. I think too, um, with us being. Black, I don't like yes. the term African-American. I'm just going to I'm a woman it. of color. Yeah, so us being black, I think that a big part of it, too, is the, the stigma mm -hmm. with, with, with our community. And I um, had the discussion before that I think the stigma is there because from our history in this country, our morals and our values were based on what white people gave us, which was the Bible. Correct. And not really what we knew how to read for ourselves, but what they read to us. Correct. And then when we got the ability to read the Bible, we read it just for face value for the words. And so for blacks, everything about what we decide, what we don't like, what's right, mm -hmm. what's wrong, all comes from mm -hmm. the Bible. And of course, in the Bible, it deals with homosexuality. Correct. So I think that's why it's probably such a, I think a bigger stigma with our culture mm -hmm. uh, on top of for us mm -hmm. if it need to be fixed pray it, pray out. it out you know and that's what we think don't no, talk about it yes. don't go to therapy don't seek any outside and don't discuss this outside this home you take it to church and you and your God deal with it and yep. that's it and, and you saying that um, it kind of leads into uh, my next thing about do you think the fact that we do deal with it in that way that that can be a, um, one of the contributing factors to uh, mental health issues um, people who may not feel comfortable with being oh, themselves definitely. ending up, you know, either yes. using medicine or mm -hmm. committing suicide. Definitely, because I, I can tell you, I mean, I'm not, again, I've been blessed, and you, you know my history, mm -hmm. you know, having a full scholarship to college and talented, you know, I've been blessed to, everyone else can say, well, if you don't tell anyone you're a lesbian, no one ever knows, so just be quiet. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're fine just where you are, but don't talk about this. And it's like, okay, well, what's wrong with this? This is a part of me. Yep. But growing up, um, you don't talk about it. And so I did. I was actually on, at 16 years of age, I was on antidepressants, anti-anxiety, 
all these anti, anti, anti drugs. And, you know, being an athlete, mm -hmm. you don't want to put foreign substances into your body. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to take the medication because I knew there was nothing wrong with right. me. But my family and the church said, well, if you can't pray it out, then it's got to be mental or psychological. Yeah, yeah. And here's some medication. Or so beat you, it out. Or then, beat it out. Yeah. I did get it beat it out of me sometimes. But it doesn't work. Okay. And so that that's a big reason why our youth today commit suicide. Yeah. Um, I volunteer for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention for Teens because it's very important to me to at least be that safe space. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge you. I'll just sit here and be quiet, but just a safe space for you to speak how you feel, to get that out. Because okay. you have no idea how hard it is to look yourself in the mirror and love who you are. Yep. But when you walk out that door, you get to be someone else, you pretend that you're else. someone else. And before I go to uh, my next question, um, with us saying that, I just want to make sure that our viewers know and understand that if you're somebody who has been dealing with or is currently dealing with any of the feelings or the experiences that we're speaking of right now, definitely, definitely reach out and speak to someone. If it can't be your family, if it can't be your best friend, um, you, uh, you can talk to a counselor at school. You can contact, um, who did you say? The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, many, many nonprofit organizations. And you can even just reach out to either coach, whether life coaches mm -hmm. um, or therapists. But we definitely want you to make sure that, first of all, love yourself as is. Nobody should be able to tell you who you are, where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing, because we're all different. You become comfortable in your skin, in your space, and that will allow you to let the world see the beautiful person that you are. Yes. So I just wanted to make sure that I definitely, definitely touched on that before we went um, to our next question. Thank you. Um, and you know what? Before I do that, because we want to come back with, you know, and get it, you know, lighten the load a little bit. But as we do say for this show, this is real women yes. um, having real talk, real conversation so that we can have real growth as a people um, as for our viewers. So what I want you to do. As you see me and Miss Bridget have our glasses of wine. If you don't have wine, if you even have some fruit punch, whatever it is, fill it up. Get ready to come back for our next segment of the Weekly Wine Down. Wind down. I'm your host, Monique J, with my special guest, Ms. Bridget Battles. Uh, first segment, if you missed it, you need to make sure that you rewind, go back, make sure you check that out because it was very informative as well as growing. Um, well, I wanted to end that segment, um, which we went to a break a little early, with asking, since we were dealing with relationships, what do you think uh, prevents people from finding or having a successful relationship? I think... Um Finding and having, well, to, to find a successful relationship, you got to find the right person. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, that goes back to open, honest communication. Okay. And I think nowadays people are just afraid to be honest because they're afraid of showing who they really are. They're afraid of letting their guard down. Mm -hmm. So they go into a relationship with their uh, representative mm -hmm. and not themselves. We've been talking about representatives. With, when I had the men on the show, they were saying the women send their representatives. Now look, we are still so representatives. <laughs> so at some point, someone in the relationship has to say, I'm going to be the honest one. Okay. We can't both keep play playing so games. So honesty, when you say honesty, what, uh -huh. if, what if one 
wants to be monogamous. Right. And they assume because they met each other that that's what the other one feels. So then we go back to communication. Okay. Because you can So you think in the door you should be bringing that up? I feel like anything that's that's an issue to you Mm -hmm. should be addressed up front. Okay. Otherwise, why even invest your time to move forward? If you already... See, it's going to be an issue for you. It's why even? I mean, well, you know why people do it because a lot of they they see what they want they, yeah. and they hone in on what they want. Anything that may prevent them from getting what they want, yeah, they're not going to bring it up right now. Well, truth be told, since I'm being honest, okay. After my ten year relationship, I've been single for over three years. And why is that? Waiting for the person that I can actually be honest with. Okay, so you weren't honest in that ten year relationship. Not in the or? beginning. You weren't, were, were they honest or you felt like they I were? I felt like they were, okay. you know, but over time we just felt like it was easier to just give that person what we thought they needed okay. versus to save feelings. You know, after mm-hmm. time, you, you know, you want to just love yeah, someone. Yeah, you care. Um, but, you know, that goes back to if you don't show who you really are, how can you ask someone to love who you really are? Okay. You know, it's... <laughs> You and leading into my into my next question is just really, really good for me um, because I'm going to say uh, I believe that one of those elements of not finding or having is the person not being happy within themselves. Mm, that's and um, so I feel that a lot of times, first of all, you can't be happy mm-hmm. as two when you're not happy as one. Correct. Um, so do you agree? Do you think or feel that you need to be personally happy within? Um, and that does just doesn't mean what I like who I am. I like where I'm at, yes. too, because I think a lot of that plays a role mm-hmm. as well. Do you agree? I agree 100 percent because okay. the, the last three years, that's what I've been spending my time on is finding out what makes me happy so that when the next person comes around, you know, I'm not fishing for happiness with them mm-hmm. or hoping that they can fill a void of happiness that I don't have. I already know what it is. I'm allowing you to help share that with me. Right. Because I did go into a couple of relationships half happy, but asking that other person to fill that cup the other way. So in that journey um, for finding you, what are you doing different daily that you great questions yoga every day i meditate every morning i first first of all i wake up saying thank you key thank you you know and then i I meditate Uh, i change my diet i change the people around me Mm -hmm. i change the words that were being spoken to me Uh, not to say i don't love people anymore you know i just had to love them from a distance because sometimes people they really intend to Mm -hmm. do you good but they they don't know your, your situation. They're just, they're so, just toxic you know. because they're not working on them. And it, that even involved uh, family, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Sometimes you have to you take, cut them put off. family in a certain you know, I, role. I say all time the out. time, you have to let go to grow. I had to. And then I had to remind myself every day that I have been given everything I need to be successful, to be loved, to be great. And I don't need someone else. Whoever comes along is fine. And I've spent so much time just working on me. I really haven't even had the time or energy to focus on someone else. That's why I said I'm not looking. Mm-hmm. If they come around, that's fine. But 
I've gotten to be so happy now. I'm almost stuck in my way. Well, you know what? <laughs> they they will. They will come around, and that's the thing. Like, you kind of, because I'm the same way, you kind of get to moving and going yeah. in your life and focusing on what you can take care of and handle right now that right. you kind of become oblivious mm-hmm. to some of the things around you. I so you people like, flirt with me. I don't even know they're yeah, flirting. Yeah, I'm like, say, you've oh, been, right. been walking right past them. That is so funny. I, <laughs> and keep on going looking for my, my milk or right. whatever it is I'm doing because I'm just... So focused on getting Monique happy. But am I am I am I closing the door on opportunity by doing that? If it's an opportunity that's for you, it's gonna come back knocking again when you can see it. You know, because if you're not ready within, they can show up, but you're yeah. still not gonna recognize what is really for you or not be happy with it. You can't be happy with somebody else when you're not happy with yourself. It's just fact. Yeah. People may differ. That's my fact. That's what I'm yeah, saying. That's what I am. You know. Um, so, well, thank you so much for being so, so open with me. Um, you spoke about what you do personally daily um, to strive for happiness. And then you said, you know, you're working on your business and things like that. Um, what exactly do you do through, not through your, the job mm-hmm. that you work for, but through your business? How do you help others or do what you do through your business? So, what I've learned by working um, with state agencies, workforce, and other agencies. I've learned that as entrepreneurs, small business owners, we don't have access to the tools and resources as major nonprofits or major organizations to get that knowledge. So my business, basically, I take all the knowledge I've learned for 22 plus years, Mm -hmm. and I work with business owners to get them training, development, uh, compliance, uh, paperwork, anything that they need that they cannot afford to get from a major Nonprofit or a major entity. That's what I provide to small business owners, specifically minority and woman-owned business owners. Okay. That's what I specialize in because our community needs what we have. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we don't have the funding and we can't afford And we have the resources, though. Yeah, but you got to know where to go to get the resources. We, I, we, we perish for the lack of exactly. knowledge. Most of the times you think that you have to have... Every, a lot of mm-hmm. people starting business, especially think they have to have everything nope. together, everything perfect. And being a minority in race and then a minority as women, there right. are people, there are the government as well looking to mm-hmm. fund mm-hmm. businesses with those two criteria. It's just that a lot of times it's hard to find it the information or they don't have somebody like you that's willing because you go somewhere and they're like, oh, it's $1,000 for a consultation or, you know, to help. And then they give you information, but it doesn't guarantee that something is coming from it. So it's like you made a empty investment in a sense. That's one of the reasons why I shifted my focus from contracting to consulting because I can easily do it for you Mm -hmm. for a fee, but I would rather guide you Mm -hmm. to the resources and the information and if you want to do it yourself, then now you have the knowledge. But if you choose to say, Bridget, I'd rather you do it for me, then we can talk about a fee. But the knowledge, the information is out there. Right. It's it's right there for anyone and everyone. But like you said, we don't know what we don't know yep. or how to go get it. So that's what my business does. Um, it helps to guide and become a resource, a coach, if you want to say. Okay. To, to get people to the resources they need to kind of be that bridge. Okay. Um, so that's... All right, well, thank you. We're going to take a break for a minute, come back with our final segment for this episode. We're going to be, um, I know your business is budgeting with Bridget, Mm -hmm. so we're going to delve a little into the importance of a budget, uh, what, you know, give a few keys of what a 30-day or six-month budget should look like for someone. But in the meantime, let's finish, grab your glass of wine or your drink of choice and come back right with us on the Weekly Wind Down. Thank you.
the Weekly Wind Down. I'm your host, Monique J, with my special guest, Ms. Bridget Battles. As I said at the end of segment two, and as you know, if you watch the show, we kind of like to try to make sure that we deal with finance um, or finances in, in our show every episode, especially me being an accountant and a business finance coach. And now having Ms. Bridget Battles with us, we definitely wanted her to be able to share with you um, just a little information on budgeting. Um, the importance of budgeting. I know most of us feel like we live in paycheck to paycheck. We get more bills. We have more bills than we have income coming in. And we always feel that it means getting another job or bringing in more money. And a lot of times that doesn't necessarily mean that. It means that you got to budget, budget better, mm-hmm. cut down, reduce, mm-hmm. and then live within your means, as people say. Um, so, Bridget, I wanted you to um, just kind of tell or explain the importance of having a budget. Yeah, well, basically, I mean, a budget is your plan. If you don't have a plan, you might as well fail mm-hmm. because you got to have something. And that doesn't mean that you got to stick to that budget the entire time. It's just a, like a, a guideline. Um, but you have to revisit your budget. So Even you think everybody should have a budget? Everyone should have a personal budget. And if you have a business, a business budget. Okay. Um, I have gone back... I can show you my personal budget for every month of every year for the last 10 years. Oh, you better than me. Yes, because when you handle multiple businesses, mm-hmm. and you know you, you have to have a budget. But more importantly, you have to stick to the budget. Yes, what stick, period. So <laughs> Discipline. What I found most challenging for me when I became one versus two mm-hmm. is figuring out how to get my budget back in order. Because okay. now you're looking at one income versus two, but right. you still got bills. So I live by the 50-30-20 rule. Okay. Are you familiar with that one, the 50-30-20? No, sure. Okay. The 50-30 rule is when you're trying to get out of debt and rebuild your credit, mm-hmm. you take 50% of what you bring home and you use that to pay for all of your needs. Okay. But the most important thing is to sit down and figure out what is a need and what is a want. Okay. Okay, so that's that's where we kind of. For it, some women, a need is a new is, pair of shoes, but for me, a need is a the car light. wash. Yes, <laughs> well, the exactly. The and then so you're saying this fifty though is when you're trying to get out of debt, okay? Because I on an earlier episode on season one, I said live with uh your all that should be sixty percent of your income. Okay. So, but that's just on a regular okay. basis but you're saying like if you you trying to fix some stuff trying to get some you stuff need together to get 50 percent right you're trying okay. to get some stuff together okay. and then put something aside to put into your business okay so we're doing two things now we're getting our act together and we're growing okay so you do the 50 percent of what you need all right 30 percent of what you want and then that 20 percent is what you're putting aside for maybe debt repayments or credit card payments or savings account, mm-hmm. but that 20% is what you put aside. And so you do that for six months. What about, our, so what What would you, where with the, for the tithers? The tithers who want to give 10% of what they make regardless. What, does that come out of that 20 or? To, for me, based on my religion, that would come out of my 50%. Okay. Because I need that. Okay. Otherwise, based on what I believe, if I don't give, okay. I'm not going to continue to receive. So that's right. a need. Okay. Some people think that, um, you know, paying off your credit card bill is a want. That's more of a savings deferment type thing, because guess what? If you have a minimum payment of $75, and that's all you have to pay is $75 mm-hmm. to keep your credit in good standing and keep building your credit, why would you pay $150? 
they're not helping out. And they're mine. They're they're put that one fifty over into that savings or that business investment. You know, th those are kind of the things that you can look at over time. The okay. fifty, thirty, twenty, over six months. If you do that, you'll have at least two thousand dollars in six months in that twenty percent. Okay. So you're you're taking care of your needs. A few of your wants, so you don't feel like you're just going without, yeah, you're working you should, without no benefits. Yeah, exactly. That gets depressing, you, should, you know. You should not work every day and don't get to do nothing Correct. for yourself. And then you got your 20% where you're investing and you're also repaying any debts. You're still building your, your credit. You're doing all these things. And it's going to be tight for six months. But at the end of that six months, you will be up to date on your bills up to date on any kind of deferments that you had okay and then you got some savings then you have some savings okay that, that makes a lot of sense so you guys hear that 50 30, 30 20 okay so i hope you got your notebooks you listen to me at the beginning of the show and get your notebooks together so you can be learning because we're not trying to share all this knowledge and it don't help nobody right okay so I'm going to give you, I'm testing your knowledge uh -uh. now, I'm going to give you a scenario. Okay. And then I want you to tell me what would your advice or suggestion be um, for this person. Now, I'm going to say they're not behind on their credit card bills or anything, but they have about 15 credit cards. Oh. And they all are at 70% of the limit okay okay so that's just that i want to give you that little bit of information before so okay. this person uh what would you suggest for the six-month plan for this person where they're bringing home after taxes three thousand a month which okay. is thirty six thousand a year which means they probably make about if we think taxes and things like that they probably make about forty five mm -hmm. thousand a year okay but they're bringing home three thousand a month okay at the taxes, okay? Okay. They have $1,500 a month rent, and they have $800 worth of mandatory bills. Okay. So that's the credit cards, the lights, the car, and they do have one child. Okay. Uh, what would be your suggestion? So that means that they have a definite $2,300 a month. Uh, that's already spent of their three thousand dollars. What would you suggest them to do? How, what could, how could okay. you help them for a six month plan? Now, first and foremost, because twenty three hundred dollars—that's the need—is well above fifty percent of what they're bringing home. Mm -hmm. So, the first thing I would recommend is if you're in a lease, uh, if it's a six month lease or a year, if you have six months left, start looking for a new location to live. Now, okay. that's the first thing because your fifteen hundred rent is already. 15, 50% of your income. Well, I live here, though, because my child, it's a good school district for my child, and I'm trying to keep my child in a good school district. Okay. That's the well, We're going to have to find something a little bit more in your budget. Okay. Not saying you can't move towards that eventually, but right now, if you're trying to get, get things going, you, okay. you're you spending more on rent than what you're actually bringing home net, truth be told. Because 50% of 3000 would be 1500 mm -hmm. so, so your rent's already half of it. So that leaves no wiggle room for the rest of your needs, okay. the 800 mm -hmm. So we've got to find some way to reduce the 800 or the 1500 But in the meantime, in the meantime, when you look at your 30%, because apparently part of that 50% you told me about, those needs has some of that 30% in there. Mm -hmm. So when yeah. you sit down and look at what's in that $800 and okay. see what's left over that we can really move to a want category versus a need. Okay. That'll put more into the need. Okay. Um, right now, you don't have anything to put in savings because you're living check to check. Mm. Only thing you have left from that 3000 
is $800. Yeah. In a month. In a month. And you with, have a child. child. And so you, you, you're you not putting anything and you, aside. And with making forty over 40000 you're not qualifying for it. No kind of benefit. So, so you any, ain't getting no food, yeah. Sam. So anytime anything. you want to take a trip or you want to do a want for yourself, you're going to be digging into that need category. So we've got to find a way to either increase the or income the or decrease using more of that using more of that credit. Right. So the first thing I would do is sit down with you and look at your needs and your wants. Okay. Whatever's a want, you're going to have to practice some discipline for six months. If maybe you cannot get your hair done every week. I know. That's what I do. Maybe it has to be every two weeks. Okay. Or maybe, you know, you might have to go hand wash your own car instead of going to the car wash. Okay. But, again, it goes back to the budget, knowing what you're bringing home, knowing what the needs are, what the wants are, and then knowing how to go from there. So with the six-month budget, you're going to be living pay, paycheck to paycheck for at least six months until you make some adjustments okay. in those needs and wants or find a new place or, to live. Or like she can get you the budget. And then like me, I have a uh, expense reduction. Okay. 90 day expense reduction what? program. Yes. Where I basically have people come and lay everything down in front of okay. me, what they spend on things that they consider wants. Okay. So cell phone, cable, electricity, mm-hmm. all these, uh, just seems student loan payments, mm-hmm. all these different things. I look. I have proven formulas, proven places that I know to go to to be able to give you exactly okay. these same things. And I've had people come to me, and they may come and have four to five thousand dollars worth of expenses mm-hmm. a month that I've cut down just with my work to thirty six hundred dollars like a that. month. So that is something that they can do because I'm mm-hmm. sure in that eight hundred dollar category, two hundred and something right. is a cell phone bill. Where and we can move that over to that twenty percent to that savings exactly. area. Exactly. With all the yep. competition and stuff you have now, with one phone, you should never be paying two hundred dollars. Okay. You could probably have fifty dollars, sixty dollars with, but you know, a lot of times people don't know them have the knowledge of the carriers and. Mm-hmm. Different things like that. So smaller prepaid carriers, they don't want not understanding that those carriers are owned by the major right. conglomerate. So you're on the same network. And so what do you call this? That you- it's a 90-day uh, expense reduction program. Okay. And it's 90 days because I say, give me 90 days and I will guarantee you that at the end of that, I can guarantee you a savings of $100 or more a month on your monthly expenses. So you paid me what seventy five two twenty five, and if I'm guaranteeing you a hundred dollars a month, uh-huh. you've gotten your money back right. in in three months, and now you you're gaining right. every for the next nine months of the year. Budget so then exactly you to gain even more. Exactly, okay. I got you. I like so, that. Yeah, you know, so you're learning stuff here. I tell y'all, you got to watch the weekly wind down. It's not just uh, intense conversation. It's always growing conversation. So, Bridget, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the Weekly Wind Down. We've got so much more to talk about with Bridget, so I think we need to make this a part two. Because if you don't see, she seems and is a very strong woman. Thank you. And so being a strong black woman Mm -hmm. is very, very difficult at times. So. We're going to come back, if you don't mind, coming back for for another episode with me, uh, part two. But we're going to end this one. 
Uh, we're going to end this one by you sharing for sure we your contact information for your business because we may have, I don't know if you have social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or whatever, but share with our guests what that information is so just in case or not just in case. They need to contact okay. you. They need to learn. Um, you can contact me at budgetingwbridget at gmail.com. Also at blbfinancialsolutions.com. Um, I am on Facebook, Bridget Battles, also known as Battle Cat. All right. <laughs> um, LinkedIn, B Battles. Uh, so that's how you can reach me. All right. And as always, you make sure that you uh, follow our show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are The Weekly Wind Down. And on Facebook, it's The Weekly Wind Down with Monique J. So as promised, we always end each episode with a Monique J thought for the day. So we're going to come back at, after the end of this segment. We get your pads together, your notebooks, and make sure you take this thought for the day down. Because it's not just a thought. It's something that can help you learn, can help you grow and hopefully open and broaden your horizons. So, would you come back and we'll see you at the next segment of The Weekly Wind Welcome back to The Weekly Wind Down. I'm your host, Monique J, and here's your Monique J thought for today. If you want to achieve what others don't, you have to do what others won't. Step outside of your circle. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of the Weekly Wind Down. See you next time on all Roku devices.